Welcome to the Freelance Revolution Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Sarah. We're both seasoned freelancers running successful online businesses that allow us the flexibility to live the lives that we want. We do different work as freelancers. We find our clients in different ways and we have different business models. The one thing that unites us is a passion for helping others work on their own terms. We're not here to give you a silver bullet or sugarcoat the work it takes to develop and run a successful business. We're here to guide you through the journey we've already taken, bust common myths about the freelance lifestyle, and give you the support you need to keep going when things get tough. The Freelance Revolution podcast is brought to you by Freelancers Align, our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Did we mention that membership is free? Go to freelancersalign.com to learn more and sign up. Hi, Leah. Hi, Sarah. What's happening? Oh, you know, life. No, I'm kidding. Um, I feel like some days the list of like is shorter of what's not happening. No, I Mm. I mean, yeah. Yep. Um, what's happening mm-hmm. list and a what's not happening list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, this will be a good topic for um, thinking about having a lot going on because today we're going to talk about managing multiple clients at the same time. Um, this is um, something that people ask us about a lot. And I think one of the things that um, makes people feel nervous about going out on their own, thinking about having like the equivalent of like multiple jobs at the same time. And how do you juggle that and manage it and make sure that you're not dropping balls, make sure that your clients know what's going on. Um, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, this, I think will also be an interesting one because you and I, um, have totally different like types of clients and types of projects and, the way that we, um, like the number of clients and projects that we have is super different and the way that those pan out over time is super different. So um, do you want to kick us off with your strategies for managing multiple clients? Sure. Um, so I think about, I think about my clients in, in compartmentalizing them into buckets. So I have project-based clients, I have ongoing clients, and I have maintenance clients. So my ongoing clients are people that I talk to every week, sometimes every day. Um, That's where I would say probably 70% of my income comes from right now is those ongoing clients who have like weekly tasks that I work on, or they're a project client. That's like, like I, I'm in the heat of like every, like their big project is happening right now. Um, then I have more like the project clients where it's just a smaller, you know, um, I need a landing page created or I need consultation calls here and there. So those are like more of the smaller projects that I'm working on. And I would say that's probably 20% of where my work comes every week. And then I leave about 10% for the clients that are just on maintenance. It's where the majority of my contracts, um, one time on Upwork, I had over 40 contracts open. So that can seem a little overwhelming. <laughs> I can see your face, uh-huh. but I would say probably 25 of those clients, 
I was kind of like their, their safety net, or if they had a question on how their Kajabi account was running, they could message me. And I didn't, I didn't want to leave them in the lurch after their project or their project wind down, or they're just, you know, restructuring or they're working on stuff or we paused it for whatever reason. I don't like to end those contracts until I know for sure that one, I'm going to get a good review and two, that they're for sure done needing my help because, and it's not a big deal to open up another contract, but it's another barrier. If I like right now, I just had a client that I haven't talked to in six months. I sent her a message like, Hey, are you, you know, are you done with me? Do you need help? Like whatever, you know, where are we at with this? And I was gonna, I was looking to close the contract and ask for a testimonial because she was a really good, um, a good client. And she's like, Oh, I was just meaning to message you. I need X, Y, and Z for a project. And I was like, okay, here's my timeline. And it's, it's a place where I can drum up business too, but it's also, um, just where my customer service is too. I think that's where I take pride in giving good customer service. And so I never want my clients to feel like they can't contact me. So that's more of my strategy is. And sometimes when I do that follow-up, I make more work for myself, which is fine, but that's where we're at today. Um, This is like slightly tangential, but those maintenance clients, when they need you for just like a tiny one-off thing, how do you build that? Like, it's, you just build them like a fraction of an hour or like how, whatever they, oh, so since they're, yeah, since they're on Upwork contracts, I just let them know like, Hey, this is going to take, you know, 20 minutes of my time, an hour of my time or whatever. And I just let them know like, Hey, we have our contract open. I'm going to just bill that way. So you'll get a bill on Monday from Upwork. So I just, and I let them know as they go into the maintenance mode that no, I'm not going to get a bill or I'm not going to bill you. You're never going to get a bill from me unless, you know, you're aware of that. And I always make sure in those situations that it is documented of how long something's going to take. And if it ends up taking longer, I pause, like say that I told them it was only going to take two hours, but once I get in there, um, sometimes they like to monkey around with their landing pages and I have to restructure things. So I end up getting in there and I'm like, uh, it's going to take a little bit longer, but I wait before I finish it until they've given me permission. Okay, cool. So I have sorry, that. that's slight tangent. I was just no, curious. Yeah. Um, how do you keep track? So like if you have 20 clients, And like your maintenance ones obviously are only like messaging you if they need something specific, but like your other ones, like how are you keeping track of the things you have to do across all of those people and then, and like doing it by when they need you to do it? Okay. So maintenance, I, anyone who moves into maintenance, I have a Trello board that I have set up. And do I love Trello? No, but it's something that I learned early, early on um, and it works. So I take, I leave notes in there. I'm building their history and I can put reminders in there. If I haven't followed up with them for three months, I get an email notification, follow up with so-and-so today. And so then that just goes onto my task list to do that day. Um, And then I can go back into that Trello board to see what I need to follow up with them. And then once I followed up, I set another like follow up three months later or something like that. So they never get off my follow-up schedule. Um, So that's what I do for my maintenance. For my ongoing clients at the beginning of a week, I've learned this from Brendan Burchard many, many years ago. I have my master list 
of all my tasks that need to get done. So I go by client. So client one, I need to do X, Y, and Z for client two, I need to do A, B, and Z for. And so I just make my entire master list at the beginning of my week. Sometimes it's at the end of the week. It just kind of depends on my availability. And then from that master list is what I pull on my daily to-do list. So when I'm following up with my clients, usually on Mondays, I'm saying, I have, I'm working on your project Thursday afternoon, please have one, two, and three for me by then. And if they don't, it's kind of, it's kind of a stinky situation where I have to request it again. And I just tell them like, Hey, it's past the window. I'll get to it next week. Okay. That's how busy I have been in the past where I just have to put that boundary in place. Okay. Um, okay. That's helpful. Yeah. Um, okay. So for me, my like number of clients is much lower than yours, <laughs> uh, which we've talked about before. So at any given time, I mean, like right now I have um, three big clients that make up 70% of my time and, uh, probably 70% of my income. And then I have, um, a handful of coaching clients at any given time. And that can, that structured like totally differently. Like usually that's just like more focused on the calls and like preparing for those calls. And if there's anything to follow up to those calls. So for my big clients, it's, it, even though I have like three big clients within each of those projects, there's like, there's like multiple things that are going on in those projects. So whether it's, it's almost like a project with like a bunch of sub projects. So I am like keeping track of, um, all the things that they have to do, um, and that I have to do for them during the week or the month, but it also like really varies depending on the time of the year and what part of the project that we're in. Um, And so for me, like I'm a huge fan of check-in calls and I use those to anchor, like it sounds like similar to what you do with your like ongoing clients. I use those to anchor the um, work. And so every week um, I have a check-in call with all three of my my big clients And I use those check-in calls and the agendas for those calls to keep my like running list of things, like questions I have to answer, ask them, think updates I need to give them. Um, And then I use those to kind of map out my work throughout the week. In addition to, for most of those clients, I also have like a larger project plan for the project that I'm managing for them. And so I'm checking, I like have a, standing block on my calendar once a week uh, on Monday where I go in, I make all my meeting agendas for my standing meetings and I check all of my project plans to see if there's any updates or things that I need to be doing or things like that. And then I um, use, for myself, I use a combination of like a pen and paper list and uh, this app, which I've talked about before called Sensama. That's like a task tracking app that I just like put everything in. Um, And then I mostly use my Google calendar. So like if I need to like do a thing that's going to take me more than 20 minutes, it has to go on my calendar. So there's like blocks of time on my calendar for all the things I have to do. 
And then um, I like move those around in between the meetings and stuff like that. And similar to you, like if there's things where it's like, okay, like this needs to happen, but like, I haven't heard back from this person or I didn't get this thing back or like this thing is still in motion. Then um, I just move it down like on the list so I can still keep track of it. Um, but yeah, for me, I think like those, and this is where I think it's like all dependent upon like the type of work that you do and the type of projects, the type of clients. But like for me, having those weekly check-in calls is the thing that like anchors my work for every single person. If I didn't have those regular touch points, then I could see, A, I feel like it makes the communication a lot less efficient because then you're like asking them these one-off questions all the time. You're having to, having to have like random calls um, to try and figure out one-off things instead of having this just like standing time where you're like, okay, at this time every week, here are the 15 things that we need to cover. Um, and then there's like the next steps that happen after that. So it's just like, for me, it's really a cycle of like check-in calls, like pre-call agenda, call, post-call to-do list. And then it starts over. So do you, um, this is just a random question, but do you have all of your checking calls on a consistent, like every Tuesday at noon or something like that? Is that when they're always scheduled? Um, yes. I mean, they kind of, they vary, but every week it's a, like a reoccurring same time every week. Okay. And for my people, it always shifts too, because like their schedules change every semester. So like I reschedule all of those calls, like in the summer and then in the fall and then in the spring. But yes, it is a standing, like reoccurring meeting. Okay. Because that's probably why check-in calls drive me crazy. I, yeah. And I think I've just, maybe I don't have the right structure to a check-in call, Mm. but maybe that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother Totally. where I get annoyed. I'm just going to call it like, this is, I'm I'm just going to, I get annoyed because like, then I have clients who bring everything to that check-in call and I'm waiting and waiting where I could have had a lot more. I would rather do the check-in calls of here, let me show you what I did. Let me get your final approval check off, especially when I'm working with non-techie people where they don't understand how to go into that landing page to view things mm-hmm. on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, so when they come to these meetings with a whole bunch of questions. I don't have a problem like answering them, but I'm not, I feel like I'm not getting accomplished on those calls, what I need to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So that's probably where I have, I mean, it, it's totally on me why I don't like checking calls. I know that, but I just have never taken the time to structure them. And I let them have too much control over my calendar, I think as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think it's like a definitely a balance because in an ideal world, and yes, let's, we totally do a whole episode on check-in calls, but um, in an ideal world, and I have a blog about this too, about like how to run an effective meeting, but like in an ideal world, you're making an agenda ahead of time and like you're only using the call, and this will vary depending on the work you do and the projects that you have. You're only using the call for like, the things that you can only do on the call. So like if there's like one-off questions or like other things that you could accomplish with like, hey, here's our agenda a couple of days in advance. Like here are the three questions I have for you that you could just like answer right here. We don't need to talk about these things on our call or here's something I need you to review in advance or like 
here's a loom video or whatever those things are. The problem that I think I have, and then I think everyone has, like this has been consistent across all of my clients, is that people are busy and it's really hard to set up ex- an expectation and a structure for people to do that stuff in advance. And so inevitably, I end up using those calls to go through all those things because people don't respond to emails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people don't do the pre-work. People don't review the stuff. And so what happens is, and I think this is just, I think it just is what it is. Um, you have, you those calls are like a designated time or like, okay, like, the, remember those five emails I sent you this week? Well, hopefully not. Hopefully you're consolidating things into the call, but um, well, you like know. right now though, with one of my clients who I just had a check-in call on Tuesday, like I left with a task list and I have sent them five emails and it's now, you know, four days later and I haven't gotten any responses. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm like, I'm paused until I get responses and hopefully I'm not waiting until next Tuesday. Yep. Cause that puts me behind. Yep. To their deadlines. Yep. And, but that's where the boundaries come in, which you already said, like, that means that like, okay, like I, we, I have deadlines on my end and you have deadlines on your end. My deadlines are contingent upon your deadlines. If you do not meet your deadlines, I cannot meet my deadlines. Right. Yep. Which is, I think another important thing about managing multiple clients, which is just a thing. It's like a, it's like a mindset shift, um, from employee to freelancer, is you don't just work for one person. So I also think that's like an expectation that you have, like not everyone understands how to work with freelancers. And I think sometimes people come in thinking like they just don't understand, they don't fully understand that like they are not your only client. So you can't just like drop everything and like do whatever they need you to do because you are doing that same thing for like multiple people. Um, And so it is like a different, thing around boundary setting where you have to say here here's my timeline in order for me to get this done by this time I need this information here if you don't get it to me then it's not going to happen but on the timeline you want it to happen and also like I'm not on call all the time um I'm not going to respond to your slack message in three seconds or like get back to your email immediately which is all <laughs> like the expectations around response, I think, are in, are important too because I think that like clients would expect us to respond very quickly, mm-hmm. but they are not always. And again, it totally depends on the person. Um, they're not always as responsive as we need them to be. So, but yeah, I think in terms of managing multiple clients, like I think that's a big one. Is you have to set that expectation with people up front. A lot of people do not know how to work with freelancers and do not understand what it means to work with a freelancer who is working for multiple people at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side is the responsibility is on you to make sure that like they feel like they're getting, that A, you're setting those boundaries up front and B, they feel like they're getting their needs met. So like that is all like a delicate juggling game that, yeah. Constantly. I've even gone to the extent of it. For some clients, if I know that they take a while to respond, I will put it in my calendar, like, hey, follow up on X email, like the next day, just to see, like, to cross my I's and dot my T's the other way around, of course. 
Um, you know, it just, it, it can push a project off and that can get so frustrating by a client, like for a client, but like literally they're the ones who cause the project to get so off track. Yeah. And they don't understand that. And so you have to be, you have to have a way to present it. And I usually try and build in some buffer times when I start learning about people's personality too. Totally. Totally. And I think like that, like on the flip side and you and I have both worked with plenty of freelancers who are not good at deadlines and communication. (laughs) So I think on the flip side, like we also know that like um, that communication goes both ways. And it's something that like you and I both learned over time, how to do that, um, and how to make sure we're delivering things on time, um, when they, when it is within our control to do that. Um, but that definitely goes both ways. Um, and yeah, I think that again, it just is for people that are not used to working with freelance talent, it is hard to adjust your expectations to understand that like when you're an employee, like, and that's your whole job, you're just sitting there waiting for them to like, whatever they give it to you, then you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're waiting, then you're just waiting and then they give it to you and then you do it. They give it to you and then you do it. But that's not the way it works when you're a freelancer, because you have other, you're constantly like playing this um, chess game with your calendar to be like, okay, here are the 15 things I have to do today. And like, here are the 15 things I have to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And if one of those things comes, gets moved, then there isn't a space. <laughs> There's, you're not just sitting there waiting for them to get back to you. You're filling that time with work that you have to do for other people. Um, and so I just think it's like a really different way of thinking about um, time and expectations and deadlines for sure on both sides. Um, and yeah, we, I, we've, we've both met plenty of freelancers who are bad at it and plenty of clients who are bad at it. Um, so it definitely goes both ways. And so when we, okay, so for me, I'll speak for myself here. When I like have those red flags of like, this is going to be a poor communication on a freelancer or on, you know, on a client, I have put some processes in place to try and stay ahead. Like I've mentioned a few things already. So it it does no good to be frustrated. It does no good to get snarky with a client. It just like, it just is what it is, but then it's really important to explain and over communicate at that point that I need this by this in order to make this deadline for you. If I don't have this, this is the next time that I can work on it. Yep. And, and I may, in writing. Yes. And I may over exaggerate or build in a longer timeline. If I don't have it today by Thursday, I'm not going to be able to get to it until next Wednesday. Well, that's a long time for a client. And so that kind of speeds up their urgency and that has helped in the past. Maybe I could fit it in on Monday or Tuesday, but if they're not going to make it a priority to get the content or whatever I need to me, I'm not going to make it a huge priority to get it to them when I have other clients that I'm working with who are getting things to me on a regular basis on a timely manner. Totally. Um, yeah, that also makes me think of, which I think it's an episode in and of itself. But the other thing about that is just like, again, a difference between being a freelancer and being an employee is like, you also, it's really hard not to get caught up in like 
your clients, like you can see it falling apart, but it's not your fault that it's falling apart. And um, it's, you know, we care about the work we do and it's hard to separate yourself and say like, okay, this is not, this is not my company. This is not my (laughs) product. This is not my, like, I'm here to like do a job the best that I possibly can and like help everyone be successful. But there's also like, there is only so much that you can do as one part of an overall situation. And so being able to understand where your boundaries are about like, if like in your case, I can imagine that like people have launch dates and they're like, I want to launch on X date. And you're like, great, here's the 15 things I'm going to need from you in order for you to launch on that date. And then it's like, if they don't get you those things and they're not ready for their launch date, it's really hard not to internalize that and be like, oh my God, yes. I just wrote, like, this is, everything is like wrong. And it's like, it is, but it's not your fault. And right. like, that is not like, not your circus, not your monkey. Like, yep. it's, which is so, it is such a hard thing to mentally yeah. separate yourself from that. Um, and I don't think you fully can. Like, I don't think you're possible to fully separate yourself from that. And that's what makes us good at what we do because we care. But um you're a tiny piece of a larger machine. Exactly. So it's, it's tricky. Um, okay. Well, I think there's, as we usually do, uh, we've, we've decided on four other um, episodes that we'll do in the future on this, but hopefully those are some good strategies for um, managing multiple clients. Yeah. It's definitely a juggling act. And yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we've done this in the past where, and I love that people who watch our podcast or listen to it or however find it, they are comfortable messaging. So I just wanted to open that up. Like I've gotten several personal messages like, Hey, I have this question. Definitely keep asking those. We're happy to help. It helps us um, kind of narrow down what we want to talk about in future topics too. And we want to just help support you as freelancers. Absolutely. And you can um, find out um, like you can get in contact with us through our website at freelancersaligned.com. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I think that's it for this one. Enjoy your day. I'm going to go hold some of my clients accountable and some emails that I have there to follow you. up with. <laughs> there you go. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the freelance revolution podcast. Don't forget to check out our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Go to freelancersaligned.com to learn more and sign up.